Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning. It's Thursday the 12th, and welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. Um, I am Brendan McClenahan, and I'm sitting here with Kim Brown, and we are getting ready to dive into John chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. So, Kim, is this yours to read? Yes, Okay. Is. Would you mind reading this for us? Let's do a little caveat first. So okay, I, caveat. I, I mispronounce some words Oh, sometimes. are there words in here to well, mispronounce? Well, you know... At, we had those other words too previously. Oh yeah, Meribah and, and uh, Masah. Masa. Okay, so, so my little hint for Hebrew words, uh, I don't know about Greek words necessarily all the time. I mean, so, sometimes I mispronounce Greek words, but Hebrew words are are easy for me if you just emphasize the last syllable. That's the emphasis, kind of like French, like the emphasis always goes on the last sim- okay. syllable. So if you have it, this is just a little tip. If you're reading, especially if you're reading out loud, you might feel embarrassed, but if you just know... Whenever I see a Hebrew word, just emphasize the last syllable, it kind of helps. I mean, we say like Horeb, right? But it would be really Horeb, right? Right. Like that's like the Hebrew. I mean, actually the B turns into a V, Horeb, but whatever. Massah and Meribah, you're going to sound like a biblical scholar. (laughs) So (laughs) that's just a little hint. I don't know what we're going to run into today. What what did you see that Um, we're going to run into today? Was it like Sychar? Oh, Sakar. Sakar. There you go. See? So put the last one. That's a Hebrew word. Sakar. <laughs> Sakar. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any, are there any other ones? I don't think there's any other ones okay. in this particular set of scripture, but. Okay. So uh, like Jerusalem even is a Hebrew word. Um, it's two words. Did you know this? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a compound word. So Yiru is, is like, um, is a city. Okay. Salem is peace. City of peace. City of Peace. Did you know that? No, I didn't know okay. that. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. There it is. Anyway. Sometimes if you say it a little faster too, nobody yeah. picks up on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like sometimes if there's like a big, like the one in Acts 2 where it says people from, I don't even remember all the names, so all the places they're from. Yeah. And you just go, people from... A lot of places. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, you know, that S word. Yeah, 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 that yeah, city. Yeah, 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 right, yeah you right. just kind of like fill it in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, anyway. All right. No problem. Um, so we're reading John 4. This morning, John 4, 5 through 42. So verse 5. So he came to a Samaritan city saw, called Sakar. There it is. I <laughs> know, right? There it was. Um, near the plot of the ground that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well, and it was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and give, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket. 
and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will, be, will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right by saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came, and they were astonished that he was speaking to the woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left the water jar and went back to the city. And she said to the people, come and see the man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot, or he cannot be the Messiah, can he? And they left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do not say four months more, then comes the harvest. But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for the eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from the city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So then, or so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of the, his word. Then said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world.
That was quite a long passage, Kim. Thank you for reading that. So I'm. Uh, this is the passage I'm preaching on on Sunday. Oh, this Sunday. Well, this Sunday that people are listening to this, not this Sunday that you and I are recording this, but the Sunday after people will be listening to this okay. episode, um, they'll be uh, they'll be preaching it. But I'm starting my preparation process right now, so I would love to hear your thoughts about this passage because. Um, First of all, people are going to hear my thoughts about the passage. Um, but also, as I prepare, I, it's really interesting to me to hear multiple viewpoints on the things that people draw from this. So I don't know. What are some of the things that, that you really like about this passage or things that you really don't like about this passage? For me, even just reading it out loud, uh-huh. the format of, and then the woman said, and then Jesus said, and then the woman said, and then Jesus said, it, it just got like. <laughs> it's a long conversation. <laughs> you know, it's a long conversation. It wasn't. I mean, I think we're trying to be descriptive on who's actually speaking. And it was kind of, it, it needed to be probably that way, but it came out. It just comes out a little more yeah, yeah, yeah. struggling, it, kind of getting it done. Yep. Um, but in kind of looking at overall context, I mean, we've been talking a lot about the water and here we are um, now, what, day four uh-huh. of these recordings. And again, we have the awesome water reference. Mm-hmm. And this one's even more pronounced. Uh, you know, he's talking to a woman that he probably shouldn't have been talking with. And he tells her to get me some water. And she obviously doesn't understand because he has no, you have no bucket. Mm-hmm. And how can I get that water for you? And he's, that's not the water I'm talking about. You know, I want to give you living water. Mm-hmm. And even that word, that living water is, it's kind of powerful in itself. It's just like, you know, he wants to bring you into that family and give you yeah. the Holy Spirit and yeah. and let you carry on. Yeah, that uh, image living water. So that's a really thick, uh, so that would have been a normal uh, thing to say to, like, if I was to say, uh, you know, Lake Michigan is kind of like still water, but then, you know, the Grand River is running water, right? Like it's, it's different. Like, um, and that, that's what they would, running water is basically what they say. They say living water instead of running water. It'd be a common colloquial thing to say, um, give me some living water. She would have been like, what are you talking about? This is a well, it's all standing water at the bottom. I can't get you living water. And what do you, there's no streams nearby. What are you talking about living water? It would not have immediately been like a spiritual term for her, but he's using that. But the funny thing is that the early church used, um, when they baptized someone, the the rule was kind of like um, only baptize people in living water, meaning only baptize people in flowing water, like running water. So in a river or something like that where the water is actually moving, they didn't want to baptize you in standing stale water. So I don't know, that's like, for me, it's a kind of a cool right. tie-in to go, not only is it an ordinary term that that actually invited her into a funny conversation where she she wasn't put off by it. She was kind of more curious, like, what are you talking about? Where's the, but, um, so it was an invitational thing to say living water and make her curious, but also the point for the early church to go baptism, you right. know? Oh, he's talking about the waters of baptism. Like, let me give you like a new identity. You know what I mean? So yeah. all the stuff that has to do with living water. Too. But yeah, I, I love that you pointed that out and the, the imagery of water for all these passages. Yeah. It, and it, it also kind of referenced it, not really directly, but her sufferings. Hmm. I mean, she's had now multiple husbands and the one she's having now is not her husband. So there's obviously some 
maybe some sufferings that are taking place there. Okay, so you're pulling in the the Romans five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah so I didn't I even see think some about that suffering there, kind of going on that she's obviously looking for something more hmm. and not finding it with the men that she's yeah. been claiming as her husband. So maybe you're saying maybe she needs some hope. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the midst of her suffering, she needs some hope. She needs some hope. That's good. I like that. Um, what else What else in here kind of grabs your attention? I mean, this is a long, long passage. It was so, interesting, too, that he he told her about the husbands and knowing her life. So it was kind of almost like, I do know you. Mm-hmm. you know, I've... I don't really want to say that he was proving to her that he knows her, but Mm -hmm. it was more, um, it seemed a little bit more intimate to me than I do know you and I know you're suffering. And let me give you that hope because he talked about her life to her. And then she went and ran and told others and said that he's a prophet. He knew me, but she never had met him before. So it was kind of Mm -hmm. interesting to me just that God does know us. Even though we we think that he doesn't, yes. Um, the the Psalm one thirty nine comes to mind. Like I've searched you and I know you. Yeah. The fact that Jesus knows who she is, he knows what's happened in her life, and yet he's sticking into the conversation. He's not going anywhere. Right. That's like the ultimate expression of love right. for me is is someone. I mean, we find this in marriage or other you know like covenantal love situations where you go um, is some is there someone out there who know who would know who I am but also not run away, you know, right. not, not, uh, not reject me, even if they knew all the things I did or knew who I really was. And Jesus is kind of displaying that kind of love, the, the kind of love that says, I know who you are. I know what you've done. And I'm, I'm here. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not supposed to be talking to you in this particular case, but yep. I'm still here anyway. Something that I have been kind of noodling on uh, as I've been uh, reflecting on this passage is division. I know I I preached a message on unity a little while ago, but this is a little bit different. I'm not talking about necessarily that. I'm talking about like um, when you're thirsty, like this woman is. She's literally thirsty, as in she's going to draw water, physically thirsty. But you also get the sense that she's relationally or spiritually thirsty, as in she's been through a lot of marriages, and she's a Samaritan. She feels ostracized. You can tell by her language – that she doesn't want to associate with Jesus. She doesn't think she's worthy or whatever. So it's just spiritual thirst. How thirst leads to like competition and um, uh, division where she's seeing a, a problem between her and Jesus as a Jew and her as a Samaritan that we're fighting over where's the right place to worship? Who gets the pleasure and the uh, approval of God? Who gets to be worshipers? Is it you guys or is it us? Right. One or the other. You know what I mean? And that happens when we're thirsty. There's like a competitive survival mentality that happens. I've got to get mine, you know? And I love that Jesus levels the playing field with that spirit and truth part where he he equalizes and he says, We're on the same team here. Right. You know, we're 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 um there's no division. And um we'll talk about this in a in a couple days, but um he seems to be moving away from um, her divisions and towards unity with her by saying, no, 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 it's not about that. It's about spirit and truth. Like you're in this too. And I love that he builds bridges there when he doesn't um, 
when she's not looking to, he's he's pursuing her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where she's kind of said, I'm kind of out. I know that I'm out. I know that you and I aren't on the same page, and I'm fine with just agreeing to disagree. But Jesus is seeking to build a bridge and say, no, 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 we're, we're on the same team here. So I, I love that about about that. And then the, the other thing that I'll add, and then we'll kind of close out this one, but um, unless you had anything else, but um, was the disciples' response to, I have food to eat oh, that yeah. you have no, nothing about. <laughs> that's just That's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> I like you didn't John did not have to include that line. Right. But um the disciples like just fall for it. You know, it's surely no one has brought him something to eat. He's, he has to repeat himself, My food is to do the will of him who sent me into Kalita's worth. I just I, I pictured him kinda like, Did you give him something? I didn't I didn't did I he, didn't see did, I, did, did he eat pointing to each other, looking yeah, around. Yeah, looking around. <laughs> yeah, kinda uh, like like questioning what uh-huh. he just yeah. It's funny. I don't know. I it is funny. funny. Anyway, well, thanks, Kim, for engaging that with me. I appreciate it. And um, tomorrow, we're going to be looking at a different passage. We're going to be looking at uh, Ephesians. Ephesians. Okay, cool. So we'll see you tomorrow. Well, we won't see you. We'll be in your earbuds or on your speakers uh, tomorrow. And tune in then. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace.